Hello, everybody. This week's parsha is Parshas Acharimus and Kedeshim. And the parsha begins with kind of reminding about the death of the sons of Aaron. And the Medrash asks, what does this have to do with Yom Kippur? The parsha is beginning to discuss the service of the Kayin Gadol on Yom Kippur. What's the connection to Acharimus Shnei Bnei Aaron? So Medrash says something interesting. Medrash says that just as Yom Kippur, the day, the essence of a day of Yom Kippur is a time of atonement, it's Machaper, so too the death of Tzadikim, the Misa of the two sons of Aaron, that's also Machaper, it also atones. And read the Medrash for face value, seems strange, it's almost like a Christian concept, you know, Jesus died for your sins. What does that mean that a Misa of a Tzadik is Machaper? What does his death have to do with my sin? So the Altar and Kelm explains as follows. He says what it means is like this. Every person knows where he's at. He knows on what level he's holding. He knows what he did last night. And we know what Madrigal were really on. But he sees a tzaddik. He sees somebody who's pure, who's righteous, who's good. And then he sees, God forbid, something bad happened to that tzaddik. What it's supposed to do is it's supposed to make a person recognize the severity of sin. To realize how even though somebody that great, that holy, that much of a tzaddik, but if he doesn't have it, even on the slightest level, it causes a natural reaction of destruction. It causes, so to speak, evil in the world. We have right now, we're in the days of Sphira. And we know we are mourning the death of 24,000 students of Akiva. The Gemara says, why did they die? They didn't treat each other with respect. And everyone... When they see this Gemara, everyone takes two steps back. 24,000 people died because they weren't so nice. They were a little bit disrespectful to each other. It seems a little extreme. So obviously, yes, obviously it's because they were huge tzaddikim. Obviously because they were the ones who were supposed to give over the Torah and they have to be perfect. But the point is, there's obviously a message for all of us. If we're mourning and if we're remembering this event, there's a message and a lesson for all of us. And that is to take a step back and realize the power of Avera, the power of sin, how destructive it is. That even though somebody is so holy and so spiritual, that sin can still wreak havoc. So when we say that the death of a tzaddik atones for everyone, it's not that it's a kind of you just sit there eating chips and he dies and atones for you. It doesn't work like that. What it means is it creates a ripple effect that people take musr, people take a message, and they recognize the power of an Avera, how no matter how big you are, it can still affect you, for sure, all the more so, people who aren't as big should be much, much more careful and avoid Averas. And that's the lesson you're supposed to learn. I think it's something which, you know, especially nowadays, people, like, we love to have tzaddikim pictures on our wall. We love to go visit tzaddikim and get brachas. But the the change that happens in us from watching them, that doesn't happen so much. We kind of, you know, we kind of, there's our tzaddik over there, and then we do what we do. And it's not the point. The parish is telling us it has to affect us. Seeing a tzaddik, dealing with a tzaddik, reading about them, hearing stories, it's supposed to make a difference in us. And that's where the kapara comes from. That's where the atonement comes, when we change, when we do something different because of what we've seen by that tzaddik. The parsha tells us that on Yom Kippur, the Kayan Gadol will bring two 
identical goats, two identical seirim. He would stand them both in front of the base, in front of the, in front of the mishkan, in front of the base of and he would draw lots. One would go la Hashem. He brought it as a carbon inside the base of Mikdash. And one would go la Zazel to be pushed off of a cliff and so to speak given as a bribe to the Sahara, to the, to the Satan. And the question is, you know, seemingly these are two very, very different types of carbonus, very different types of sacrifices. So why is the terror so strict that they have to be exactly identical? Two identical goats. What's the deeper message over here? The Vilna Gain, on his Pirish on Davening, he asked the question. We say at the end of Birchas Hashakar, we say, we say a little Hiratzin. And Hiratzin, we say, we ask Hashem, Valtashle Bonu Yetzahara, do not let the Yetzahara control us. And then it says, again, Enforce our Yetzahara. To become a mishubah to you, enslaved to you. What's the two things? What's the double language? So he explains that we understand that in life, the yetzer hara, so to speak, the evil inclination, the lust, the drive a person has, they're all necessary. A person wouldn't be able to eat, eat properly, wouldn't be able to digest food, wouldn't be able to reproduce, to live, to work. If he wouldn't have a drive, he wouldn't have the yetzer hara in him, he would just sit there all day and he'd waste away. And yet, we also understand that those very drives and lusts can destroy a person. So, a person's Yetzirah is needed, but it has to be controlled. We daven to Hashem two things. Number one, we daven atash lebonu Yetzirah. The Yetzirah shouldn't control us. Number two, we daven that v'chayfes yitzreinu l'hishtabed lach. Let us control the Yetzirah. Let's, let us use that Yetzirah to, to build, to prosper, to do great things. That's the message of a two Seirim. There's two identical goats. They're exactly the same. These are the two Yetzirahs, so to speak. The two options. They can either be La Hashem, a person can control them and take them and make them La Hashem, or a person can have that Yetzirah and it can go la Azazel. They can take him off a cliff. And the Avodah from Kippur is to separate the two of them and say, this one goes to la Azazel, this one I'm going to take it and use it go la Hashem. That's one take on it. The Pardis Yosef, he says a little different. He says, similar point, that, you know, the two Karbonas, one represents la Hashem, one represents la Azazel. You know, most people, he says, they tend to spend a lot of money on the stuff that brings them la'azazel. They get very nice cars, they buy nice bottles of scotch, they wear nice clothing. So Terry's telling you, make sure that your la'ashem, the stuff you do in the service of Hashem, should be at least identical to your service la'azazel, to your things you bring for la'azazel. At least keep them equal. And that is what we should be learning from that. Second half, so to speak, of Isaac's parshas, parshas kedushim, and the parsha begins with a commandment to Moshe Rabbeinu: "Daber al kol adas b'nei Yisrael, tell the whole Jewish people kedushim to you." Says Rashi, "What does it mean al kol adas b'nei Yisrael?" Rashi explains that this parsha, this parsha of kedushim to you, 
It had to be said the hakel. It had to be that the whole Jewish people were there at once. Everyone had to hear to hear this parsha. Why? What's so unique about this parsha that everyone has to hear it all at once? The Zayar says further that when the holy Chabura would get to this parsha, they would be very excited. They would be happy. They would be smechim. They'd be so excited about this parsha. Why? What's so unique and special about this parsha that everyone's so excited? Everyone's got to be there. What's going on? The Darkie Musar, Yaakov Naiman, he says a beautiful shot. He says, What does Kedushim mean? It means holy, spiritual. It's something that most people associate with extremes. There's a few people out there living on some kind of mountaintop, eating grass, smoking who knows what, who are living a life completely removed from physicality. That's Kedusha. That's what holiness means to them. And our Parsha, which talks about halachos and mitzvahs of very, very physical things, leaving over parts of your crop for the poor, loving another Jew, kibbutz aim, lots of very sort of mundane-sounding mitzvahs. Don't wear kliyim, don't plow with two different types of animals together. What does this have to do with kedushin to you? But yet, as Jews, we understand that the way a physical human being becomes holy, becomes kaddish, is he does Hashem's commandments. And they feed his neshama and they elevate him, his body, his neshama to Kedusha. Asher Kedishanu b'mitzvahisov that he's mekadosh us through his mitzvahs. Like we say on Davening on Yom Tif, Atav Echartanu mikol ha'amim ha'afto yisana v'atisabonu v'ramatanu mikol ha'shonis v'kidashtanu b'mitzvahisach and you made us kadosh through your mitzvahs. That is what the Zayar was so excited about. We see that every single Jew in every bit of his life, from when he wakes up in the morning, he davens, he puts on and he goes out to work, he deals with people, he's becoming more and more Kaddish day in and day out. Kedusha is something real, it's accessible, and it's for the whole Adas B'nai Yisrael. There's no limits. That's something worth excited being excited about. There's a story told of Aaron Belzer, there were Belzerov who came to Eretz Yisrael after the war, and when he moved to Eretz Yisrael, he settled in Tel Aviv. And Tel Aviv, in the early 1950s and 60s, was not a very firm place. There was a lot of Chil Shabbos going on, a lot of people driving on Shabbos. And they say over that every time a car would drive past Rabar and Belzer on Shabbos, he would scream, Mazel Tov! And obviously, you know, his Hasidim thought it was a little strange. At one point, someone asked him, why are you screaming Mazel Tov? When a car drives past on Shabbos, he said, because look, someone's driving on Shabbos. It must be that they're having a baby. That's why they're driving to, on Shabbos, once you're driving to the hospital. That's the story that's told. So, somebody once asked to the Mashgiach, one of the Mashgiach in Malik, reviewed the Jacob's at Sal, you know, it sounds like a little bit of a foolish story. You know, their Byron Bell is a, is a smart person. He gets it that people are driving on Shabbos. Who is he trying to fool by screaming Mazel Tov? What's the point? So Ruth Jacob said, he said a beautiful point. He said, isn't it worth being a little bit foolish not to lose your ayin toiv on Klai Yisrael? 
isn't it worth being a little silly to keep that, that positive view that you have on the Jewish people? It's worth everything in the world. We're commanded in this expiration, love your fellow brother like yourself, love another Jew, and sometimes it's difficult. It's hard. The only way to really do that is if you look at him in the right way. You focus on his positive points. You say, even though he does all these annoying things, but look at look at how look how much good he does. Look how positive he is. Look how much he gives to the community. Look how much he's a good person and he has all these character traits. You have to focus on what's good about him. And to do that, it takes practice. It takes constant habit, so to speak, to look at the good in life, to be a positive person, to have an eye in type. And the truth is, the Alish Shore writes, it starts with yourself. A person judges himself negatively. A person looks at his own positive, so to speak, his own, his own negative traits, and he looks at everyone else like that. And it goes in sync. A person has to work on having an eye in type, on seeing the good, focusing on the good. And sometimes, yeah, you have to be a little bit foolish. You have to act a little naive. But it's worth it because it, it changes you and makes you have a much more positive outlook on life. And then you can be, so to speak, zeicha to fulfill the mitzvah of a hafla recha kamecha the fullest sense.